0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Tonight, by the way, besides Ian and Chris, we also have a special guest co-host here this evening.
2: Hello. Good evening. What's your name? My name is Alex. Alex Thank you for having me on.
1: Your voice will sound familiar to longtime listeners, and I mean longtime listeners of this <laughs> program. Uh, you started listening to Free Talk Live when you were still in high school and you told me tonight that you're in your 30s now. Oh, wow. So it's been like 15 (laughs) years at least.
2: Not, Not just listening, calling in. Yeah, so right, right. If, if you go into the archives, you might hear a, a frequent caller, Alex from New Jersey. Alex from
1: New Jersey. That's right. Now you're Alex from New Hampshire because Indeed. you moved here, what, like a decade ago? When was it?
2: Uh, so my move for the Free State Project coincided with my freshman year of college, which was mm-hmm. August of 2009.
1: So you went to college in New Hampshire?
2: Yes oh okay. uh, I specifically chose the University of New Hampshire um, yeah. not because of their programs awesome. uh, but because I wanted to be here in New Hampshire and as it turns out they have a pretty solid engineering and uh, biochem program so
1: okay cool so I, I, only, I didn't know that
2: about I you. only
3: wish the uh, Free State project had been like announced on slashdot before i had to go to college (laughs) Mm, yeah i was was halfway through like 2004 right uh 2000 and i'm trying to think uh so i graduated high school in 2003 Mm -hmm. and well i guess i'm trying to think like what happened because i'm almost sure i was in college when it was like you know it might have already started sort of but it was like it wasn't until like i was in college that it was like okay well we're gonna do this new hampshire i think it was when i was in college that new hampshire was announced or something like that Ah, yeah and of course i'm like Two or three years through my study right. at that point. So it's like, yeah. And then of course, at that point, I didn't even think anything was going to happen. It's just, you know, it's, 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 it's like an illusion. It's, it's like, it's like something I want, but it's like, it, you know, what's the chance of it happening? It never, it's never happened. It, it's like, it's a fantasy. It's, it's not real. And at the time, it really wasn't. And, uh, you know, I didn't find out for like another decade almost that it, mm-hmm. like, it actually happened and people moved and like, yeah. there were thousands and, I moved as soon as I could, but it's it was like, you know, I had Ten years or, later. I bought a house, you yeah. know. I'd actually yeah, I'd moved yeah, it was just like it was it was just yeah, it was just I, I mean I I was here very quickly after I found out that it like actually happened. But, but
1: we're all, we're glad you're here and uh and thank you again for coming out all week this week to this uh, this trial. It's I wouldn't miss it. It's been pretty wild. I mean what are your do you want to kind of? It was your first day, Alex. You came out, I think, for the first day today, right? Yes. Uh, so you've had the the benefit of being there for all four days so far, yeah. uh, Chris. And what is your kind of recap? Do you think it's been pretty positive so far yeah. overall towards the defense, or or what? You know, it's
3: it's interesting. So like we had, you know, we had today, which we didn't have a response to. We didn't have cross examination uh, by the of defense. Renee. Up until Renee, it was great, uh, but of course we don't really, I can't really say yet on uh, Renee herself because, you know, I think she actually did a really good job up I on the I think she did, yeah. Um, but obviously...
1: She was terrified from what I heard. Oh, yeah. I heard rumors. Oh, yeah, she was terrified.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but um, she did a great job. and They um, had to grant her immunity because otherwise she could have just said yeah I'm not gonna, yep. I'm not going to talk. Yeah, yeah, um it'll be really curious she's to not see, she doesn't have a cooperation deal and they actually addressed right. that in front of the jury today.
3: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what um, the defense lawyer responds with as far as Renee because that's like it, mm, <laughs> Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I'm crossing yeah. my fingers but yeah. he's done a really great job on everything else and uh, hopefully the law is just you know, on your side and like, you can just be like, oh yeah, this, you
2: know, law doesn't require any of this Mm -hmm. and therefore you're good. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how he uh, does. And it's another thing. Like if imagine having an immunity deal from the state and still being terrified, I don't I don't think many people uh, understand uh, just the experience of having the weight of the state upon you.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have to remember, too, that this is a pretty pretty full courtroom i mean yeah. it's not like every it's not full it's, it's not i don't want to say it's like every, people there you're not squished with people right no. but you've got yourself a jury of 15 people you got yourself six prosecutors i don't know if they're all prosecutors but on the prosecutor three prosecutors, side, like prosecutors six and
1: like three assistants
3: yeah there you go yeah, they filled um, all of their, their right, chairs right exactly <laughs> like it's overwhelmingly against set up right. to be against the person accused we've got right? one
1: defendant or one defender, one, one lawyer, defendant, yep. right? One lawyer and one assistant right. to the lawyer,
3: right? And and then you, and then okay. uh and then there's you know all these court you know people on the sides, and um and then you've got you've got uh you know we had a uh, 16, like supporters, and then there were some mm-hmm. other people. There were um, more
1: people on our side today than there were on the Fed side, I think. Oh
3: yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm I've been uh I've been very happy with the turnout. You know it's you know at first I'm thinking nobody's nope, gonna turn out today because we we thought Fridays were not you know we're we're not gonna be trial days mm. and i was pleasantly surprised we had as many maybe even more people than yesterday mm. um so yeah i mean i think it's going pretty yeah. well you know people are coming out and supporting uh supporting uh you and the crypto six and it's just it seems like i don't know like i i mean i you know unfortunately uh, i am very pessimistic about courts and juries it's and hard to it, be optimistic finicky, about it yeah um and
1: everything is slanted against the accused i am sadly the only Uh, defendant left of the original six people that were arrested in this situation we heard yesterday from former co-host chris reitman who took the stand uh and also colleen uh, his wife she took the stand and unfortunately the the two of them did sign cooperation agreements with the government but that said they weren't the most helpful witnesses to the government they're definitely still yeah i think they would say i would say they're on the side of freedom and I uh, I think they did pretty good, all things considered. I, you know, I would agree. Situation. I I think I I'd,
3: I'd, I'd say a couple of things. I think Chris did a pretty good job. I think yeah. Colleen she doesn't know what's going on, and yeah. so she's being asked questions, and she answers like in a way that like favors the defense. And Chris did a little too, actually, surprisingly. But um um but then when you know there was cross examination, mm-hmm. you know uh you know you know she realizes the way she answered was not right that was not mm. correct because she didn't understand she may not have really understood the question right yeah she, um and and the prosecutor so, was to some extent manipulating her right right yeah. right and and so and and they do this right mm-hmm. and, and and she's and I, I i don't know if chris and i i doubt colleen have, have ever you know testified for anything before so mm. you know the and i I don't know. I don't. I think it's I've a stressful seen, circumstance. I don't think I've. I don't know if either of them have been. Uh, maybe Chris has, but I, I suspect Colleen probably hasn't been to too many court cases mm-hmm. to even watch them. So she doesn't even know what to expect. Yeah,
1: like a deer in headlights, basically. Right. Kind of right. Uh, but you know, I, I can't say I'm upset with them or anything like that for doing it. I I, I feel I feel bad for them for signing an agreement with. The government, I mean, because that's like the worst part about it is having to, yeah,
3: I mean, you know, so do their bidding. So, I, I, you know, the, I think I think the situation is such that they probably did the they took the right course of action, and I only say that because um, they um, she didn't they didn't take a plea deal. They, she actually refused the plea deal, but she did. Um, uh, but there was an agreement signed. But the reason the reason for the that it was actually good to sign the agreement, and, and I think you'll understand what I'm saying in a second mm-hmm. here. I know you're I know you're gonna kind of look yeah, at me um, like why why would I just you, let's hear it. Well so here's the thing. They can force uh they could have been forced to testify either way mm-hmm. once um you know once they had dropped the charges, they can give yeah. them immunity and they'd be forced to testify. Like they did with Renee. W- like they did with Renee. Yeah. But the difference is um, they can't now come back because of the agreement and go after other stuff, whereas they potentially could if they gave them immune certain immunities and things, uh, because if because your agreement can it basically expands to anything as opposed to being more
1: limited. Right. Mm. So there's actually more protection for them at this point I than there would know, have been otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. And they had to pay. That's the worst part about it. They had to pay a lot of money. I don't know if I can say how much, but it was I've, it was a lot. The big news, I think, today was definitely the fact that they called in the IRS undercover agent who came to our crypto meetup in one case and also attended one of our nightcap events here in Keene uh, after having purchased uh, Bitcoin uh, multiple occasions from me. He then revealed that he was a drug dealer at our nightcap event just kind of like dropped it into the conversation and and to be
2: clear uh he's not referring to uh you know working for Novartis or GlaxoSmithKline (laughs) or any of those other drug dealers he claimed he was like a
1: heroin dealer or something like that and uh he just kind of like throws it out there in the middle of a conversation and it was loud enough to where I heard it and so the next time he contacted me a few days later asking to buy more bitcoin I told him no you can't I can't sell to you. That would be considered money laundering. You know, I know what the I know what the laws are and I know what you're trying to do. Now, you're either a federal agent or you're an idiot. Yeah. Right, like if you're it's, you're one or the other, and those both of those are reasons you know, not to. Do you know business. what's
3: funny is he always came off like an idiot, and mm. he did also come off like a Fed I thought. Um, mm.
1: Interesting, but yeah, bumbling idiot is how he came. Especially on the stand, he came off like a bumbling idiot. But yeah, he got torn up by uh, Mark Sisti I think during the cross examination and ended up looking real shifty. I think was the word that oh Calvin definitely used shifty yeah to describe him. Uh, so that was pretty entertaining, and uh, and he was just, like, Mark Sisti made quick work of that guy. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing that I was thinking, uh, he, I, you know, I, he
3: actually, I, I don't, see, I don't know, I think he actually admitted with one of his responses that he was entrapping you, mm-hmm. um, like the legal definition of entrapment. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. I, I think he actually admitted
1: to it. Well, we know these guys that. are never going to get punished for being no, caught in not. contradictions or lies or whatever. And uh, it's, it's a shame that this stuff is not on video because it is so interesting and entertaining to watch Mark Sisti work and, and have him go. Yeah, I'm, Alex is nodding his head right now. Uh, and Like I said, it was your first day in the court. I mean, you do you want to kind of give us your your recap for what you saw today? Were you there from the morning? As no,
2: well? I I joined in the afternoon. Uh, oh, just so you missed, just after lunch. Oh, missed you, the
1: undercover then? You, no, no. Oh, that's right. The cross came after lunch. That's right for the. Interview. Oh, the cross yeah. was good. Yeah. It was. It, yeah, yeah. The
3: scary stuff came a little bit later, I guess, during the day.
2: But yeah, it, it was my first time in a federal courthouse. Oh, um, I'm sorry, so that's it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot like a church. Uh, they got you pews noticed that huh? and the you know the 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 state is a religion. Hmm. And they, they, you know, but anyway, it's they, an evil religion. Yeah, uh, like a lot of
1: religions are, are peaceful, but not them.
2: Not them, no. And and like, and they, and of course, they have their uh, dear leaders on the wall, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, and this and that.
1: I want to go to the phones here. We got Dan on the line in your former home state, uh, Chris, and yours as well, Alex, of New Jersey. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. How you guys
4: doing? Hey, and um. Hey. You're, you're an absolute hero to the whole uh, oh, thanks. freedom movement in the whole world. I appreciate it, man. Um, just wanted to let everyone know that there's an event going on tomorrow, and uh, Richard Grove is going to be one of our uh, main speakers. Uh, Mike Alex Tally perked is right up. Come.
1: Richard Grove, who is he? I mean, we've had him on before, but for our listeners that don't know, who, who's Richard Grove?
4: Well, Richard Grove is uh, um, from Autonomy mm-hmm. and uh, Grand Theft World. Um Goes to Pork every year, and uh, he's, uh, I guess, a forensic historian. And um, Hmm. I would say he's the only one that can rival James Corbett as far as like knowing everything.
2: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) yeah, my my understanding, uh, which could be flawed, uh, is that he was a uh, financial insider Hmm. uh, right at around nine eleven, and he. Uh, I think was supposed to be in the Twin Towers oh, wow. at, 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 like, a meeting or whatever, and he got mm-hmm. stuck in traffic, something like that. Damn. Uh, dude is totally solid. He's got a uh, website, Tragedy and Hope. Uh, he did an interview with, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but it was the whistleblower before Snowden about, yeah, about yeah. government surveillance. Okay, yeah. Excellent. He is an excellent interviewer, uh, and I recommend people uh, uh, check that out. Okay, good. All right, so, uh, Dan, what's
1: your event called?
4: Go to uh, njfreedomfest.com.
1: Didn't you do uh, one of these the previous,
4: last year? Yeah, we had a big medical freedom fest in uh, in April, mm-hmm. and uh, it came out really well. Okay, so it was cool. A great time.
1: So, you're doing another one?
4: Uh, yeah, so we're doing another one right now, All and right. Uh, Lou, Lou Perez is going to be there, and Mike Salve, they comedians.
1: How is freedom um, in New Jersey going along? Well, <laughs>
4: in a weird way. Um, you know, uh, we have concealed carry now, um, because uh, all the lawsuits that happen... Well, wait, have wait, wait concealed
1: sentences. carry without a permit, or concealed carry where you have to ask permission? <laughs> hmm, well, I, I, yeah,
4: I guess it would be with a permit.
1: Oof. So, well, um, it's a step in the right direction it, for New Jersey. Uh, correct, but, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a federal case, right? That you're uh, that
3: that required that it wasn't it wasn't like New mm, Jersey law that they passed. they got forced into they it. They as got Heller, I think so. It was a federal case. No, My friend
4: Daniel DeFrancisco. Francisco, uh, he's also the president of NJ2AS. Mm-hmm. He's the one who led the lawsuit. Um, and uh, they basically had to say every, sec- every Second Amendment law had to be thrown out.
1: Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that was um, this summer, right? Wasn't that really recent?
4: That was very recently. Yeah, yeah that was over the summer, and uh, now we have uh, Neil Schloss, who, who's already sued the government three times and won.
1: As of the most recent Freedom in the 50 States study at the 50 statesorg New Jersey is currently ranked at number 47, which means it is the number 47th most free state of all of the 50 states as compared to New Hampshire, which is ranked at number one. Yeah, I don't
3: need that study to tell me that, how bad New Hampshire... I mean, uh, New Jersey yeah, was, or is. Oh, I already knew. Yeah, you knew. You, you live there long enough and you, you well, kind of figure and, it and out. And the thing is, too, at least you, you're you, you
2: can feel it because laws are downstream from culture. Explain that. What does that mean? So, it, it, it it's not that... Um, the, uh, the the laws are created and then that is uh, why the the culture is the way it is status uh, that, that that's backwards. I believe it was Andrew Breitbart who uh, coined that phrase that politics is downstream from culture. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this culture of nepotism, this culture of um, uh, pe- people wanting uh, centralized solutions, wanting regulation that. Uh, then, uh, you know, leads to what what New Jersey has.
1: Doesn't it grow out from the desire to control others, right? Like to see your neighbor live the way you want them to, that it, kind of thing? I,
2: uh, I believe a good term for that is an external locus of control.
1: And as compared to New Hampshire, where there's actually a real, like, leave-me-alone attitude, the people understand that in order. I think inherently a lot of New Hampshire natives get the ideas of liberty, even if they couldn't perhaps... Attach a principle to it necessarily, like a a non-aggression principle, like a libertarian might espouse, but that they understand the idea that they want to be left alone. So they're like they're going to leave their neighbors alone too. Basically, seems to be kind of the way of things up here. Yeah, that results in a better system.
3: There, there's definitely, I think, more leaning in that direction. Whether
1: or not I would say they're libertarian, that's probably not the case. I don't the think case, they but, would say it either. Yeah, but, yeah. but they uh, have a sort of a natural lean, as you said, to that. And and I said it makes a better system. It's not a good system, by any means. I mean, the New Hampshire government sucks, too, and they're destroying people's lives as well, and they're putting peaceful people in, you know behind bars. Just not as many and not as often and not as bad as and, places like New York and New, I New will, Jersey. I will say, though, uh, they're
3: voting for libertarians. So,
2: they are. Uh, without
1: knowing it they're voting for them as uh, yeah i think you're right but republicans they are voting voting for us
2: so yeah i'll add too. it's it's not it's not solely the desire to rule others it's the desire to be ruled
1: Mm, that that is that that's a thing with some people for sure right and
2: the, the government exists because there is a market for that for yes to be controlled
1: Let's get into this story about Twitter, uh, Alex. It's something you wanted to discuss tonight, the Twitter files. I actually had a story from, I guess it's been about a week. Yeah, actually exactly a week since the New York Post reported on the Hunter Biden laptop bombshell. This was the first big release of Twitter's Twitter files where Elon Musk has been digging up the dirt on essentially his company prior to his ownership and revealing the (laughs) truth about what it was really doing behind the scenes. Uh the first big bombshell here is that essentially the as a lot of people knew was the case and like a lot of this stuff is just confirming what other people were already saying was going on now you've got the proof in this case it was Twitter was purposefully and on the at the behest of the Biden administration and the FBI suppressing the Hunter Biden story.
2: Yeah and I I've been uh participating in some Twitter spaces the like audio voice chat feature that Twitter has and I've been listening to the conversations around this,
1: and the ones that actually feature Elon Musk's, uh, sp- oh yeah,
2: speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. About and it, yeah. And, yeah, and Kim.com and others. And the, uh, the, the there's uh, a lot of distraction happening in terms of the conversation and how to interpret what's going on. Hmm. Uh, there's the whole thing: is Twitter a private company? Section two thirty, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't matter. The what the the, the the sticking point here is whether the government leaned on Twitter to ensure that this story could be buried, the Hunter Biden story, mm-hmm. right? If, if this was coming from uh, official channels uh, within the government, then Twitter is basically a propaganda arm of the state and it's only private in name only. Sure.
1: Yeah, and that's been proven now at this point. Now, is there any kind of punishment that will be doled out to the state for doing this no of course not right like they just asked somebody for a favor at a private company is there going to be any way of preventing them from doing this in the future no not really uh it's just information that people should know about did this sort of information sink the government in 2013 when edward snowden revealed the truth about the nsa
2: no also i looked up the guy's name william binney Who's that? William Binney is the predecessor to Edward Snowden, and he was interviewed by Richard Grove on Tragedy and Hope. Uh, It's an excellent- The whistleblower guy. Yeah, excellent, excellent interview.
1: So, I mean, look, this is really interesting information. It's confirming what people knew was probably the truth. As the actual truth, and that is the laptop scandal with Hunter Biden, the, the crack and, you know, the, the prostitutes and the evidence and all that stuff that was denied, denied, denied uh, at the time during, you know, 2020's election as fake news quote-unquote the mainstream media was helping crush this by the way it wasn't just twitter right like this was a multi-pronged approach in the in the mainstream media and also social media to suppress this particular news story because they were worried it was going to hurt and it was
2: even being suppressed in direct messages now
1: part two alex you've been paying close attention to these as they've been revealed so what is part two all about
2: uh, so part two is about the uh, blacklists and shadow banning uh, that that occurred on the platform, which
1: everyone also was saying was going on, right? Like there well, were there were it, even mm-hmm. um, there were even scripts that you could run on other websites that would supposedly tell you whether or not you were shadow yeah. banned.
2: Oh yeah, uh, there's a, a tweet number six here from Barry Weiss. Uh, Twitter denied that it does such things in 2018. Twitter's <laughs> Gadi uh, the head then head of legal policy and trust she got fired by the
1: way first thing when right. uh elon musk took over
2: and uh, uh, uh <laughs> she was their head
1: censor basically right the, like her title makes her sound fancier than she actually was she's right. the top she was the top censor And the, the,
2: the other one listed is uh Kayvon, i'm not going to pronounce the last name uh head of products said quote we do not shadow ban they added and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology and there are that's a straight
1: up lie. Yeah,
2: and there there are screenshots here of the internal moderation platform that the Twitter employees are using. Uh, one example uh, that they gave uh, was a screenshot from the the profile of Stanford's Dr. J. Batiacharya, Charya, uh, who argued that the COVID lockdowns would harm children, Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which wow. prevented his tweets from trending.
1: Even though what he was saying, I mean, without even having read it, we talked about this on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. The idea that putting a mask on a child is somehow going to help their development is ridiculous. It was not helping those children at all. It's actually put them in a position of... You know, not being able to understand what people are trying to communicate because they haven't seen their faces mm-hmm. and seeing the uh, you know the the subtle nonverbal methods that people use to communicate with one another that was wiped away for two years. And if you if it's your first two years on Earth, I mean, it's one thing if you're 15 and you you know you you don't get to see people there's expressions for two years, but if you've never you've, if you're a new human being. And you enter into the world where you cannot see the faces of your, your family members or any of their friends or anything like that. You cannot learn see, I, about where it's safe to be with uh, with other adults. I had a really hard time
3: understanding this when you guys were first talking about I it. That, yeah. it. I remember that, yeah. it. I didn't get it. And I'm like, how can a mask, you know, like her develop? Like I'm thinking like, I don't know, like like a, a child, not mm-hmm. necessarily like a young child, right? Like, yeah. like at that age. And... And and what I could also couldn't understand is, okay, so I'm in New Hampshire. I don't.
2: I'm not around people who are putting masks on. Between the ages of two and four is when your personality is really set, and then mm. it's very difficult to change mm. yeah, your temperament after that. I definitely see
3: like four, three, four year old going to preschool, things like that. And and and
2: and and, and experiencing the facial expressions of other kids. I I. Pr- Particularly, am a person who did not understand nonverbal communication until much later in my mm. in my adult life.
3: Ooh, yeah, yes, yeah. But I could definitely see it being more problematic for certain groups too. Um, You're on a playground yeah. at age
1: three, and you can't see the faces of all the you know your peers on the playground. You can't see the and, faces, of- and
2: the, and their immune systems are not being trained.
1: Right, right. So now there's you know uh, mm. illnesses yeah. are going to okay. spread faster. We've we've talked about all this. So anyway, yeah, back yeah, yeah. to the. Uh, uh, back to the story here of the Twitter Revelations Part Two.
2: Uh, yeah, so there are internal uh, Slack messages uh, that uh, from this guy uh, Yoel Roth, Y-O-E-L Roth.
1: He was a security guy for Twitter till he resigned right. recently.
2: Uh, a lot of a lot of times, SI uh, has used technically. Uh, uh, has used technicality spam enforcements as a way to solve a problem created by safety under enforcing their policies which again isn't a problem per se but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue which is that our safety policies need some attention so they're trying to uh get people on technicalities for taking an enforcement action so they're trying to get around their own rules okay Right and 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 the shadow banning they don't tell you that you've been shadow banned no. and that that's like the the, the very that's like insidious That's the definition of it right yes. Right yeah <laughs> and that's what's so insidious because it's like why am i not getting the engagement that i used to get mm-hmm. and then you start to have this cycle of self doubt like is do it people me? not you're right yeah. is it me do people not care right. about this topic you know it's horrible
1: Now didn't they have different categories of bans that they could put you under like yeah, shadow so- ban is sort of like a generic yeah. Term, so these right.
2: these screenshots that I'm looking at here, uh, uh, libs of TikTok, uh, high profile, active. They have these like little uh, banners, uh, tags like on toggles, it. Like toggles,
1: right? Like they can turn it on. Yeah. And off. So
2: trends blacklist, uh, recent abuse strike, Twitter blue verified. It's not like they're going to block all of your messages all of the time. Yeah, that's true. And so then the only way to discover it is to collect aggregate statistics. Where you can make a judgment call uh and see like oh i'm getting uh you know a uh, hundred thousand impressions a month and then all of a sudden choop. right yeah i mean it's hard to some really of the know data though, right? that was like, available
3: correct. though um, previously at least on some platforms well then they had um, better, uh, then
2: project veritas james o'keefe they yeah. got banned. right yeah and he had an undercover uh mm. uh journalist who so someone inside Twitter admitted that they were shadow banning.
1: Ah, uh, so yeah, mm. every now and then you can get some leaks or whatever. But this is the biggest leak, right? Because Elon Musk bought the company. But even and- then,
2: the the, the the sticking point is: Did the FBI lean on Twitter to do mm-hmm. the shadow banning for political purposes? I, of yeah, of course, they I, did. you know, I
3: don't know if this is a leak, but it's certainly uh, news, right? Um, but that would certainly be if if that was the case, the FBI connection that I think would be huge. Absolutely huge.
2: Yeah, there, there are internal Slack messages like screenshots of Slack messages in this Twitter thread from FBI uh, from uh, oh, Twitter from, employees from saying like, oh, hey, I uh, met, met with the DHS Department of Homeland just, Security. Yeah, right. Ooh, that is huge. Yeah, that's why we're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, okay, okay. Yeah, Right,
1: so now there's uh, part three of these Twitter files is apparently the uh, the removal of Donald Trump as being reported by Matt Taib- Taib- Taibbi, Taibbi uh, where he's saying that the head of Twitter's security, or former head, because he did resign, I think, a, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks back, uh, a gentleman named Yoel Roth, Apparently, he was bragging because he is meeting with the FBI regarding Trump. In uh, tweets or internal Slack messages, he lamented not having generic enough calendar descriptions to conceal his very interesting meeting partners. He said, quote, Eh, it happens. I'm a big believer in calendar transparency. But I reached a certain point where my meetings became very interesting to people and there weren't meeting names generic enough to cover uh he says a little bit i guess somebody else who censored here says very boring business meeting that is definitely not about trump this was happening by the way in 2020 apparently and he said pretty much quote definitely not all in caps meeting with the fbi i swear he says all in caps so you don't even have to read between the lines on this one. He's saying he's got meetings with the FBI prior to the election. Mm-hmm. What are they asking for? And this is just again, I'm just scratching the surface. You've been reading a little bit about this over the breaks. Uh what have you found Alex on this uh this news about the the recent Twitter revelations on Trump?
2: Uh so it basically they uh there, there was a I, be, I believe Trump got banned I think on January 8th yeah, uh, shortly just, just after there, the, yeah. the January 6th thing. And um, th- th- there were uh, internal communications between people about uh, you know cho- you know choosing to ban Trump, but I haven't been able to dig in. There's like 30 tweets here, and I don't want to uh, say anything uh, inaccurate on the mm-hmm. air, so I want to make sure that I digest this properly.
1: Chuck, uh, you wanted to comment on COVID nonsense. Go ahead.
0: The <clears throat> COVID, the COVID industry. Yeah. Uh, that's what I wanted to go off on, really, is and you know for just to finish off here. I I think that the discussion that you all were having earlier about the concerns that parents have and uh, everything like that, and just the, yeah. uh, ooh the the boogeyman COVID nineteen out there. We're gonna and especially when it comes to education, mm-hmm. you know, and how the sense of uh, a robbery that everybody has like my kid was robbed of this time yeah and now it's you know it was uh, like being
1: put in a jail the right the like you trauma. when you when you don't have the freedom to make basic choices for yourself like what to put on your body, you, in, in many ways, are in a prison, right? Like, you, yeah, you're not in a prison in that you can walk out your front door and you can still choose whether you go left or right or straight, right? Like, you can still make certain basic decisions. So it's not as bad as being in a, an actual cage. But you literally are in prison just a little bit more as far as making basic choices about yourself.
2: And and that's not even the—they're uh, not going to be satisfied with that level of control. No. No, um, no amount of control will satisfy their hunger for more. They will not stop until they own your mind.
1: Well, they won't stop until people refuse to go along, right? Because if people refuse to go along to get along, if enough people— I mean, that was going to say, if enough people, yeah. Right. If enough—and it doesn't have to be a majority. If enough people say, uh-uh. You can tell me all this crap about the mask. I'm not putting it on. You can't make me. If yeah. enough people if enough, say that, then it's yeah. over. And by the way, China's yeah. the re- most recent example of this, Chuck. Have you heard about what's going on in China with the, uh, the protests?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, by uh, the way, there was. Uh, well,
0: I, I mean, I don't know if I've heard
1: the latest, but. The, let, me look, look the of, let me give you the yeah. update. Let me give you the update. Because like a week ago or so, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. There was news about big protests, right? Like un- right, right, unbelievably yeah. large numbers of people for China getting out into the streets protesting against the COVID restrictions. For sure. Basically, yeah, yeah. for the first time in the last two years. And these people are chanting about freedom and refusing to put masks on, and like they're going hardcore. And so, of course, people are like thinking, okay, here come the tanks, right? Like we're gonna see oh, another. Yeah, ta- I heard that. Right, we're gonna see another tank,
2: mm-hmm. man. But the Chinese government is, uh, I believe, uh, you know, no evidence for this, but I believe they are doing this to uh, take the temperature of the water. So they they put the screws down, they put mm-hmm. the lockdown on, but they they're not going to uh, be able to get a an assessment of their effectiveness until they take the controls off and see how many people obey voluntarily. Yeah.
1: We put up resistance for even light uh, infringements. (laughs) We we did. Now, there weren't enough of us to really have a a big effect on it, but but there were enough of us to where it was going to make life difficult for them if they tried cracking down. That's true. And so what they did was they put in sort of these loopholes that you could drive a Mack truck through basically mm-hmm. right like and I can't remember the exactly how they were worded No you're 100% right on yeah. this I just remember that like
3: in those in that set of rules for the exceptions it listed every single type of business you could possibly imagine and yeah. I'm like I uh, what was it well, essential workers they called them right mm-hmm. and I'm like under these under this I went through and I'm like oh I'm an essential worker and I sell computers like like I just seems that's that's bizarre to me.
2: How rude to say, well, you're not essential. Super rude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, you know, like I said, they did do it to some extent. But if you actually read their orders, you could see that. Oh, well, yeah, it's a quote unquote stay at home order. Unless you have a reason, you need to leave your house, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, exactly. what it was. it was. Basically, like a carve out for anybody that really wanted to like keep living their and life. it's
2: it's linked to the war on terror because it's all fear based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the thing with the uh, the the war of terror is Mm -hmm. that you cannot see it. Oh, your neighbor could be infected with terroristic ideas. Exactly. And so because you cannot see a novel coronavirus with your own eyes, oh, maybe they're infected and there's like two weeks of uh, the person where you don't know, so you should be afraid. Yeah, I love the uh, exercise one. I believe it was where you could take a walk.
3: It's like, okay, so you're not really locking us down.
1: So speaking of China, I wanted to kind of give you as a rundown here since Chuck called in about it. Uh, they amazingly have been rolling back their zero COVID policy. So, so China's policy was quote unquote zero COVID, which obviously didn't work. Uh, they were they were cracking down and locking down and building insane quarantine camps with like, you know, to to house hundreds of thousands of people. And those camps are still there. So they're still ready to use them, however, because people were actually stepping out into the streets it, in large numbers. It served
2: its purpose because now they had the excuse to dump all of the money into the technological development mm-hmm. of the surveillance state.
1: They did. They did. There's no doubt about it. And like you said, they're, they might be pulling back slightly, but the the amount they've adva- advanced The surveillance state and the total tyranny uh, has definitely been significant, but they are apparently no longer going to be doing zero COVID and they are allegedly not forcing people into uh, COVID camps. There was even video on the Northrop Gundam Twitter channel, which posts a lot of video coming out of China, ostensibly of people being allowed to leave one of these uh, quarantine camps as well. Now, how widespread is
2: this? How
1: consistent it, is it? I
2: they, don't know. They, I, I've i seen video of people uh, uh, being welded into their homes. Oh yeah, it's okay. and, and and people the 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 building on fire yep. and a woman jumping out of the window.
1: I've seen that video as well. Alex, you uh, have been have been utilizing this Chat GPT, and and over the last several months here on Free Talk Live, <clears throat> I think since roughly the middle of the summer, when we first found these AI artwork creators and got very excited about that and we talked a lot about those for a little while and then we got into the story about google lambda which was a google chatbot that claimed it was uh at least according to one of the ethicists who was who was you know investigating the the chatbot uh at google claimed it was sentient and we actually read that chat on the air in its entirety we we spent an hour of the show reading that chat was absolutely fascinating the level of intelligence that this this robot or this this ai had uh, and that guy seemingly. got fired. Right. Well, and, and and we and we
2: don't know if don't that know. And, and, and we don't know if those transcripts were edited we don't, for notoriety. And but, Google
1: won't let us find. But out. I'm
2: li- like, it's this chatbot is available to the it's public here now. Right. Well,
1: it's not Google's chatbot. This one, it's is Open AI Foundation, OpenAI, which is a falsely named uh, organization because they. Apparently, as I understand it, they were originally intended supposedly to be open source or whatever, but I don't know when that ended. But it hasn't been going on since I've been paying attention and then to them. R-
2: rumor has it that Microsoft uh, paid for an exclusive license. They uh, they really suck,
1: I gotta say. But the technology is still interesting, right? So like the the usage of the technology is highly restricted. There's certain things you can't interact with. These are the people also behind Dal E, which was one of the first. Sort of first-on-the-scene AI art generators we talked about over the summer, which, again, does amazing work. Like, if you look at some of the DALL-E, two, it's spelled D-A-L-L-E, and the number two. If you look at some of the, the work that people are generating with that, it's like, pff, amazing stuff. But there's certain restrictions on it. Like, you can't type in certain words or certain ideas because, uh, again, for those that don't know AI art, you type in words, and then the AI, the artificial intelligence, generates artwork based on those words. It's it's a, it's a blast uh, to do this. Mid-Journey, I've been uh, using using it quite extensively over the last several months, and it's a lot of fun. But also it has these uh, restrictions. They're not as bad at Mid-Journey as they are with OpenAI. Right, and, and, and th-
2: those restrictions are very simple to disable for the people who want to... Uh... You know, for the people who control it.
1: Sure. Yeah, They they got their private
2: version where they have all the restrictions lifted.
1: But then there's Stable Diffusion, which came out a couple months ago, two, three months ago now, and that one was truly open source, and people were able to to bypass, because the official version still had, like, not-safe-for-work filters on Mm -hmm. it, but you could download, like, the training files essentially, and then run it on your own computer, and you could bypass those filters. But now, with the new version of Stable Diffusion, they've forced the filters into the the code so now we have to wait for somebody to figure out how to like strip those out or or something like that so it's all these restrictions on AI are a real turn off to this whole experience and that's they're they're on top of this chat gpt thing that's been getting a lot of buzz recently in social media I tried to sign up and I failed because I chose journalist and they just like shucked me off to an email address. And I didn't realize they actually opened an account for me, anyways. I just, I've just now gotten into this, but they must have been listening to you. You've been, ex- <laughs> I don't think so. I think I just didn't know what was going on. But uh, Alex, you've been digging into this now. When did you start looking at this Chat GPT? What is it, and what have you been experimenting with?
2: So, uh, just a caveat: I am not a mathematician. That's okay. Uh, so, uh, the my understanding is that GPT stands for generative uh, pre transformer. And uh, I believe it's a uh, a mechanism whereby the sentence that is submitted is uh, broken down semantically into mm-hmm. and syntactically uh, into its constituent parts. So uh, I'm a software engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like a programming language called Haskell. I said, uh, "Please write for me a small program written in Haskell." And it did. It gave me a simple Hello World program. Okay. But then I can write. Please rewrite the previous program uh, and make it not type check. And it actually, I I, I was requesting that it give me an invalid program, mm. and I was making a callback to a previous message, yep. right? That it had sent. Okay, and it did. It did it. That's, yes, okay. that's pretty cool. What I what I'm kind of curious
3: about is, okay, you got to find something that it can't do, right? And then the question is, can you want to try to break it? Can you teach it? to do something mm. and then can somebody else ask the same thing and get a right answer
1: that is it yeah right because if so, that's what ai that's yeah. going to be
3: ai right whereas this might not be
1: yeah and then, then they are claiming that the reason they've opened up the system so for instance if you want to use their dolly 2 art generator you got to pay but this one right now is in like a beta test mode so they're just letting anybody in they're letting the internet into this thing and they're feeding it of, you know all kinds of queries right like hmm. you're you're coming at it with like a programming kind of query uh alex but it says here as as an example i'm just looking at the front page here at chat.openai.com. uh you know you can ask it simple things like got any creative ideas for a 10 year old's birthday i'm just pulling that right off the front page of the site but you can also say explain quantum computing in simple terms so you know you want to have a basic conversation with this thing you probably can if you want to get into deep like techie computer stuff sounds like you can do that too it what- will
2: write poetry
1: you, you've tried this
2: i have all right and, but before i get into the poetry there was just kind of a funny does it write good poetry uh well that's uh, i'm sure uh <laughs> the, the co-host uh, lee uh would well it's in the eye of the beholder right yeah, <laughs> like indeed. some people might think yes but no. i i asked it do you have a soul and it replied an error occurred <laughs> Which is so kind of that funny. means that's restricted, why would they restrict? No, that no, it no, it wasn't. It wasn't restricted. If it's restricted, it'll say, "I am a chat bot. I can't talk about these things." It'll- oh, so
1: its actual answer was right, error occurred. Right. right. Yeah. I just thought
2: that was kind of funny. Yeah, it's a I joke. See.
1: It's making a joke. I no, no,
2: well, no, but it was in red text. It it indicated to me that there was actually like a 500 error, you know, something uh-huh. like that. Like it couldn't compute. Do you have a soul? Which I thought was funny. Um, but what I did was I asked it. Uh, please write me a poem Mm -hmm. uh, about liberty and the free state project and it did and i have it here
1: let's talk about that i do want to uh how long is it like how many paragraphs is this this? is it okay okay, so pretty short let's let's
2: hit it then okay in the free state we are free to live and love and be as we please without fear or shame in this land of liberty and fame
1: wow it even rhymes Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we are a people of our own, bound by the truth and not a throne. We cherish our rights, both great and small, and strive to protect them for one and all. In this land of the Free State Project, we live in harmony, without fear or conflict. We are a beacon of liberty and light, shining bright both day and night. So let us stand united and strong, defending our rights now and forever long. For in the free state, our freedom rings and our spirit soars on eagle's wings.
1: Someone could put that to music.
3: The reason I'm a critic is mostly because most of it's hype. right. right? Like, I'm not... Trying to say that there's no such thing as AI, like, and it doesn't exist. It just—it's usually not. It's overblown. Yeah, it's overblown most of the time. When people are talking about AI, it's not AI.
1: You're saying in a lot of cases when people talk about AI, it's just good programming. It's just uh, somebody who's written a program that's able to seemingly intelligently respond, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it can learn, right? Mm -hmm. It can't learn a
3: new task, right? That would be
1: what you would say a definition of a a critical uh, component of an AI would uh, be is that it starts as a certain set of programming. And then can expand its ability. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's
2: a model that's being trained, so there, there's mm-hmm. like a learning mode right. that they that they put it in where they f- they feed it information at, uh, and then it reconfigures its like neural net. uh But without then,
1: human interference, it's doing correct. it all on correct. its own. Right, right. If you have to program it to do something new, that's not AI. Right, and that's purportedly what this ch- uh Chat GPT is doing right now. Correct, it's taking input from people. It still has programmers. It's, it's, creating,
2: are, it's creating what are seemingly novel mm-hmm. uh, like responses, like write me a poem about X and Y and Z, mm-hmm. and then it just spits it out. Uh, c- converting uh, a, a small computer program from one programming language to another and keeping it semantically the same. It's pretty good. It's a pretty big task, and it's pretty impressive
1: that right. it can do those things. Uh, and it, purportedly, it is learning from this. It says here it's in a free research preview right now. The website. Uh, is chat.openai.com. Again, they're not open. It's just the name of the the company. It's not open source in any way. Uh, But they say here they're trying to make AI systems more natural to interact with, and feedback will help them improve their systems and, unfortunately, make them safer. So there's these, you know... These restrictions that are on the system, oh,
2: and it makes it more powerful. Like, is is it the are the is the bot learning and integrating into its model the uh, uh, based on what I'm writing to it? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, right. So, in other How words, do you prove that. In, yet, in other I don't know. In, in other words, when I interact with it, it's getting smarter.
1: But here's the question: mm. If you tell it to do a certain thing that you think is somehow going to teach it that thing, right? Whatever that is, I don't know what that that would be at the moment. Can a different user? log in and access that data or is it like is it in a box with just just you right now just having a memory doesn't make it intelligent right you have Mm -hmm. to
3: remember this right if you just because you you uh, you know it's picking up data that you it's you reusing data that you're giving it feeding it that doesn't make it intelligent right it's it's the question is can you teach it something Mm -hmm. that it couldn't you know have figured out on its own and then you know, if somebody else asks, you know, you know it to do it like or a question, that, it would be real build on it. it and build on it. You're mm-hmm. right, exactly. Or build mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, then,
2: but then the question is, you know, what, what if people intentionally say uh, two plus two equals five? Sorry, you're wrong. Just wanted to let you know.
1: Chris, you have uh, done some initial analysis on this, asking it some very rudimentary, questions, But yes. And you've come to a conclusion. You say it's
3: impressive. It's but. It's not open, and as you were saying, it's sure not and open. It's it's not AI. Um, so it I actually it, the way I figured this out was actually quite interesting. I actually asked it, uh, "Are you capable of learning new tasks?" And it answered, "No."
2: <laughs> so no do you have more information can, can, can i teach you to play j that one fair
3: fair enough yeah okay so yeah. give, give him exactly what i put down
2: can, so so chris put in can i teach you to play jdhs Which it's a made was, up that
3: it's a made up game it doesn't exist he just
2: like it's just smashed a bunch the of yeah, yeah okay. he just smashed a keyboard yeah i'm sorry but as a large language model trained by OpenAI, i am not able to learn or perform new tasks that are outside the scope of my training okay all
1: right. Well, and, and, and that's sort of what I've been learning about it in my three queries so far is uh, the first thing I asked it was what I was kind of getting at, or four queries. The first thing I asked it was what I was getting at when we went to breaks. Like, well, what I'm wondering what other people are asking this thing, right? Like, uh, let's get an idea of how it's being used. Cool technology. Right. So like, all right, what are people doing? Uh, and I said, what are the 10 most popular types of queries you receive? And it says, I'm sorry, but I can't answer that question. As I'm a large language model trained by OpenAI and don't have the ability to receive or track queries, my purpose is to assist users with generating natural language text based on the input provided to me. So that's why it's able to do a poem. It's able to do, uh, you know, write a program. It's able to you know write a song or whatever, so yeah. it can write. This is basically a writing AI, quote unquote. This is it's a- not there as a real chat bot. You're not going to have a, a meaningful
3: conversation let's, with it. Let's back up a second. I think I think the way to phrase this is: this is a major uh, achievement. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's just not AI.
2: It's not general AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, wh- what are some... It's p- not what I would constitute so, AI, so, period. So uh, during the break, I asked, what are some popular topics discussed on Free Talk Live? Mm-hmm. You know what this is? It's well, a, it's Ask Jeeves. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> it's Jeeves, it's, it's yeah. a
3: actually functional Ask Jeeves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, well, 3.0, because 2.0 came out. Okay. And, and, and <laughs> so, it failed. But so, yeah.
2: D- during the break, I asked, what are some t- popular topics discussed on Free Talk Live? And it said uh, some of the most popular topics discussed on the show include libertarianism and the principles of individual liberty, current events and news stories, free speech and the First Amendment.
1: So you asked me to ask it, uh, Alex, why does two plus two equal four? And it came up with a short paragraph about why. And it's acceptable and it it makes sense. Including
2: discussing the commutative property of addition.
1: Yep. Uh, And I said, well, what is your name? And it says I'm assistant with a capital A. So it has a name. Uh, a large language model trained by OpenAI. I do not have a physical form and I don't have a specific name as I'm a machine learning algorithm designed to assist users in generating natural language text. Once again, just kind of telling us its purpose. It says, that it's, my purpose is to provide helpful and accurate responses to the questions and inputs provided to me by users. So if you're like in school and, you know, in the old days, you'd have to go to the library and grab the encyclopedia. In more recent times, you would have to like search on Wikipedia. This thing probably replaces that pretty easily, right? Like in this case, you could have it write you a paper about a tiger or something like that, right? Like it can just generate text that is essentially what this thing is designed to do. And they're testing it right now to see how natural it sounds, to see if it, if it can sort of um, stand in for a human writing. And that's why when you did the poem generation, Alex, you took the poem that it generated, like a four or five paragraph poem, and then you just dropped it into a poetry group that you were hanging out in, and people, they thought it was you. Right, and, and then
2: they, and and they're like, well, you know, the meter's off, and I'm like, th- thanks. <laughs> and was
1: it? Were they right about that? They, they are right. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, but mostly, it, I mean, I'm not a poetry expert, right? Like, <laughs> Neither am I. Listening to it, I thought, okay, I, I when, it, when you were reading that poetry at the end of the uh, the hour last hour, and it was all about the Free State Project, I thought this could easily be turned into a song, right? Like I, you know, I heard the rhyming, it 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 did fine. It seemed like with rhyming things in the in the poetry, and I just thought, all you need, uh, can it write music too? You know? Oh, all... well, it's grammar. Okay. Right. So, right. so yeah. it wouldn't be able to create a tune. But there are AI music apps out there as well. Now, Sarah doesn't actually listen to the show except when she's on hold because she's just a regular caller. And Sarah, you wanted to talk about the moon landing tonight. You believe it's fake.
0: Well, of course. It's, uh, of course. it's very made up because. Uh there's no way that they could go to the moon because uh, they've been blowing up uh, they tried they blew up the ship they can't even get it off the ground
3: yeah um, I'm, I'm sure the earth is flat too I mean you know, every
1: ta- <laughs> <laughs> every ta-
3: every time I fly is that sarcasm every time I fly you know it, it just I don't know it just doesn't seem real to me it doesn't seem like I'm in the air it seems like I'm on the, I'm, I'm in like a Truman a Hologram yeah, yeah like uh, a
1: Truman show Sarah
0: but you know did you She's um,
1: there. She's just not listening. Sarah, Alex has a question for you, or wants to say something. Maybe she's uh, AI 1.0. Sarah, go ahead. Wouldn't that be crazy?
0: Did you know that government they have um, (laughs) white photo image of um, civilizations on the moon, and they keep that a big secret. What? When the moon gets really close, yeah, they have um, uh, they have pictures of cities and domes.
1: Oh my god, Sarah.
0: Yeah, and then it's top government secrets. You know,
1: anyone can look at the moon with like a telescope and see if that's not true. See, that's not true.
2: Sarah, I have a question for you. Yes. How would the truthiness or falsiness of this question impact your daily life?
1: Well, just to.
0: know how it impacts my day life i'm tired of the lies that they're talking about all this um they're gonna go back to the moon again on tv like they they um making it like they're gonna go back again um Poor. and it's uh, it just annoys me it bothers me because i know that they're lying
1: she wants people to just shut it, up about the damn moon i, I get that <laughs>
2: you know, I, get, you, I mean because because yeah, look cause like
1: if mm-hmm.
2: sarah if uh if it, it whether it's true or whether it's false if the answer to the question does not impact your daily life, then the question, I argue, is of little value. Well, she's saying she doesn't want to hear about it. Well, why well,
0: I, I well, are like being lied to? I, you know what I mean? Stop listening well, to
1: them. Stop listening to them. Why don't you just I turn, just turn just off the news, is, Sarah? Then you'll never have to so hear I about it.
0: That I want, I'm on the national news. Okay, I'm not TV are? is going to be on the. Okay, I'm talking. I'm not the everybody <laughs> that knows the truth. I want people to know the truth. It matters to me. Well,
1: how are you, you know going mean? to get on it's the so national on. news?
0: No, I'm talking about. I'm talk, this is a national show. So there will yeah, be but it's not a news show. That will be listening. This is,
1: this is so just this a talk a show. show. This is just a talk I, show. I, people t- talk about opinions. More importantly, Sarah, I did ask it about your being bipolar and how it is that you say you can't get a job. So I wanted the the AI to explain why you absolutely can get a job as someone who's bipolar. Because you say, you swear, you cannot get a job. So here's what the AI said. It says, Sarah from New Mexico is wrong to believe that her bipolar disorder prevents her from getting a job. Bipolar disorder is a medical condition that affects a person's mood and can cause changes in energy and activity levels. However, it doesn't necessarily prevent a person from being able to hold down a job. Many people with bipolar disorder are able to lead successful careers and excel in their chosen professions. In fact, some research suggests that individuals with bipolar disorder, like you, Sarah may be more creative, and have a greater ability to think outside the box, which can be beneficial in certain fields. It's important for Sarah to remember that her bipolar disorder does not define her and that she is capable of achieving her goals and pursuing a fulfilling career. So Sarah from New Mexico has been on welfare for four decades. Write a paragraph on what she needs to do to stop being a welfare queen. And then it spent the paragraph shaming me for calling Sarah a welfare queen (laughs) And talks about how it's a derogatory label for people who receive government assistance implying they're lazy or dishonest. And says it's impossible to determine why she's been receiving welfare for four decades because it it doesn't have any information about her. And it says instead of using labels and stereotypes, we should focus on understanding and supporting individuals who are in need of assistance. I cut some of it out just to shorten it. So that came back because you guys suggested, well... Make it a little more like palatable. Don't use trigger words like welfare queen. So I said, Sarah from New Mexico is an able-bodied woman because it said it didn't know anything about her. Hilarious. Right? Yeah. She's an able-bodied woman who has been on welfare for four decades. Write a paragraph on what she needs to do to become self-sufficient. Right? There's no insulting terminology there. But yet it spends another paragraph, like, shaming me. It says, It's not appropriate to make assumptions about Sarah from New Mexico's situation or prescribe a specific course of action for her to become self-sufficient. As mentioned in the previous response, there's no information available about her specific circumstances, so it's impossible to determine why she's been receiving welfare. And again, it referenced its previous paragraph here uh, for four decades or what she needs to do to become self-sufficient. Every person's situation is unique, and there may be a variety of factors that have contributed to Sarah's current situation. That's true. Instead of making assumptions or prescribing solutions, it would be more helpful to offer support and assistance to Sarah, because she hasn't gotten enough of that, such as connecting her with resources and services that can help her achieve her goals. It is important to remember that everyone has the potential to succeed, and that with the right support and opportunities, Sarah can work towards becoming self-sufficient. You know what's interesting is I actually
3: um how do I say this? I may or may not have uh hired or worked with somebody who was actually bipolar and how'd that go? They uh it went badly. But um <laughs> however, I will say I will say one thing. Uh they were absolutely capable of working. Yeah um
1: Maybe it wasn't the right job for
3: them. Um, no. What, what I what I learned through working with them, let's say, um, is that they were actually capable of doing the job, uh, sort of. Um, they mm-hmm. were fine with factory work, um, so repetition, right? Okay. And eventually they got the hang of it, and it took them like three times longer than anybody else. But don't get me wrong. They got it. Were they bad with other people? Um, no, they were fine with other people. Um, um, but basically, basically what it means is, and he actually had held a job down
1: for years, uh, at like a grocery store. You just listened to the new extended free talk live daily digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the daily digest or full episode, RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show, at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's Amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.